Hello, 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 Fort Worth, what is up? Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I'm here today with Thomas Moore to go over the Candidate Forum's live stream that was streamed uh, on March 31st by the Fort Worth Report. We don't get to cover the entire thing. The whole thing's about two hours, a little over two hours long. We just try to cover the introductions for the candidates that are there and like their, their first question that they're asked. Uh, we encourage you to go down below to the show notes where all the resources that we use, every episode are provided. Check the link down there. You can watch the entire YouTube video if you'd like. Um, and everything else, we've also got our candidate spreadsheet that uh, we recommend you go check out. All the candidates that are uh, on the ballot in May will be kind of listed down there so you can go get links to their websites and, and again, do your own research. But we're trying to bring all this information to you. We, Thomas and myself, we certainly have our own opinions, but we want to give you guys the resources to kind of develop your own. However, you're going to get ours uh, on this podcast. I hope that's why you listen to us or why you join us in addition to uh, th these resources. So uh, this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our Substack at our website, justicereformleague.net, where we will occasionally post op-ed type articles. If you would like to submit something to the Substack or have any episode ideas or additional stories that you would like us to cover, please, please, please reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter at FWReview. You can contact us on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, or you can send us an email at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. And before we get to the show, I just want to go ahead and give one more uh, reminder. We've got an election coming up. Election day is May 6th. Uh, we're past the deadline to register to vote. The last day to register was April 6th, so now only people who are registered can vote. Early voting starts on April 24th, and will run through May 2nd. And again, election day is on May 6th. So uh, thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. good i'm a little groggy but we're good to go nice nice so guess what uh i just noticed on discord they added a little soundboard so we can like like oh nice we can like say something sad and go like <laughs> oh dear god you can't be stopped <laughs> and you can upload your own sounds so oh, that's that's dope. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I feel like we can have fun with that. Um, yeah. So I was, you know, we had I, I we had those stories that you sent, um, and then we could talk uh -huh. about those. But I found this candidate forums video like twenty minutes ago or thirty minutes ago, um, uh, and I was thinking maybe we could just kind of briefly go through that and like see what the candidates say for like maybe like one question per forum or something like that just to kind of get a basis base basic idea maybe that'd be a good idea yeah i'm down 
Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Well, how was your week and everything? It was good. It was good. It was a little slow, but good. Good, man. I uh I finished that song. I just went ahead and went with synth bass. I made it I made it sound as real as I possibly could. It just it became a thing where it was gonna be a lot more trouble than I thought it was worth, you know, because I'm not putting this out. I'm just making this for fun, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you can fall yeah, you can do. fall in rabbit holes real quick, depending on what mm-hmm. you're tweaking and working with, trying to get something perfect. Plus, everyone besides you I talked to that was like, hey, you can use my bass for like 50 bucks an hour or they wanted to do the bass part themselves. I'm like, it ain't that deep. Like <laughs> I support you as a musician, but this, I am putting this out. So I'm not paying you. Yeah, no, no. And it's just fun to experiment on a bass and like write bass lines and mess around with it. Like without having to yeah. like, spend money on it. So I feel or you. having to drop tune a guitar. Yeah, exactly. Which is ironic because I did have to use the drop tune feature uh, on my MIDI oh. because everything came in in like a regular electric guitar range. So I was missing notes. Oh, so you like, did you like transpose it down? Like, to. There's a thing on Reaper that'll drop everything on an octave, if you know what, I'm, what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. That's what I did. There you go. I bet that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it still it, it sounds like a synthy bass because it I used like a digital VST bass and the the bass itself sounds real and then I had to mess with it a little bit so now it sounds a little synthy. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. I I've been editing some some demos and stuff myself and yeah, it's the whole more more the more you add to it the more layers you add to it it's like yeah start really kind of having fun with it yeah i was surprised at how well i made the drums work because like i do not know how to program drums like i literally went in with my midi controller and did the best i could and then just basically quantized everything to the grid yep that's all you really got to do and I, i do the same thing uh, I don't even mess with the grid though because I'm sloppy like that. <laughs> like I don't even care. It sounds like it sounds like poop, but it, but that's okay because they're just demos. Yeah, it's like you get you get the idea. You get you get you get the idea that comes across. You know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of times I did it so bad that I'm like, all right, now I have to fix this because this <laughs> sounds incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah. Well, good man. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that, man. It's fun to make music, so I'm glad you're getting getting the opportunity to do that more yeah me too well if you ever do make it over here man uh yeah just grab my bass you can i got yes, a couple, sir got a couple you can pick from let me know let me know what works uh, uh i guess do you want to just like real quickly like hit those stories before we kind of get into the meat of the thingy uh I mean, really, all I got is, let's see. Oh, yeah, that art space and yeah. old Carrie Moon uh, going to jail. So he's already out, right? That's I, It didn't, it didn't like, actually I'm pretty sure he's already out. It sounds like that, like he served jail time, like he passed tense. Um, 
but that was for like the the DUI or DWI thing from 2020, right? That he just finally got sentenced for like six months ago or something. And I guess over he agreed to a deal in 2022. 2022. And then he violated it on November of 2022. So he agreed to a deal in March 2022, violated his his stuff in November of 2022. And let's see here, yeah, it's because I mean, this is alcoholism. Like, if you get have a D, yeah. D, DWI and then you go on probation from it, and then you can't make it to the end of the probation because you're drinking again, yeah, and like trigger the whole 45 yeah. days, though, yeah, say that again, he served 45 days yeah. in jail. In January. Well, that's, I mean, at least we got some examples of you're not above the law. I mean, it sucks. I really wish for stuff like this, you know, we would send them to rehab rather than send them to jail. But yeah, whatever. This, this, this isn't a, like, as much as I'd like to be like, screw this guy, this isn't a criminal issue. This is like a, uh, a substance abuse issue. Well, what were the other, let's see. So we have the community art center. I did want to talk about that just really briefly because it's important. Yeah. That's a, if you, have you ever been there? No. It's like, I've been there multiple times for different things. It's right there in the museum district, the Fort Worth community art center. Uh, if anyone, if anyone's been there, I'm trying to think of what museum it's across from. Um, but all the, you know, all the museums, the Kimball, the modern and like the Eamon Carter. I feel like it's closer to the Eamon Carter. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is, but it's, it's over there. And, uh, they, sometimes they have, you know, art shows. I went and saw a play that my buddy David Soden directed. What was that? I don't know. Six months ago, nine months ago, something like that. Uh, shout out David and Scott Prather. I remember him showing an art show there when they, I don't remember what specifically what art exhibit exhibition it was. Cause there was a bunch of artists that were there, but got to see him there. It's a really cool spot and it's been in the city forever, but you know, now they're, they're wondering what, what the future of it's going to be because there's all this like repairs and construction that they need to do. Some of it they said is American with disabilities act related. Like it's not accommodating in the way that it should be to be in compliance federally. Yeah. Um, but that costs money. And then also like the flooding, there's been flooding there, I guess, maybe from the pipes and, and the February storm. I'm not sure, but there's been flooding there as of recently. And so they need to repair all that stuff too. And they don't have money for that. They have money yeah. for a new city hall. Well, and apparently subsidizing golf courses. Yeah. So let's just talk about that real quick. The new city hall thing. Oh, I didn't drop that one in the thing. Yeah, you did. You dropped it in the thing. Where's it at? Florida city hall. Okay. No. Uh, I don't have it. I have it in a different browser. <laughs> oh, damn it. On signal? Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought I put it in the in the thing, but maybe I didn't. Uh so yeah, speaking of City Hall. Yeah, the potential lawsuit. There's a Fort Worth Report article, potential lawsuit over see here, I'm gonna put it in uh yeah, I'll put it in the episode planning. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, it's like the most recent thing, but there you go. Um, and essentially they, 
you know, so they're getting that big, what was it? The old bank one building or the new, the old new bank one building. It's that big, tall building kind of right there, just South of, uh, of like Rosedale and like near like forest park, kind of like overlooking the Trinity. It's like this big, tall building. And they were estimating it was going to cost how much, how many millions, uh, 180 million to like, I guess, renovate or something. I don't know exactly what they needed to do to the building to get it ready to be city hall. I guess they need to do some construction. And I guess some of this construction involved something, something, the Trinity River because of how close it is to the river. And mm -hmm. so they had like a survey done and that survey was essentially an estimate. And uh, here, I'll read it. Uh, I'll read the little thing. Uh, contractors quote from the article, contractors move forward with the development plans under the impression that the survey was exact. And as a result, the city has incurred myriad extra costs to ensure the new city hall, formerly the pier, pier one building. There it is. Formerly the pier one building doesn't run afoul of federal regulations. Oh, okay. So I guess if you're having it be a public building and it's, I guess it's got some sort of federal regulations or something. So now the city is going through a time-intensive and costly process with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to secure a Section 408 permit. Uh, and essentially, they're now adding $50 million to the budget, or to the estimated budget, I guess. They thought it was going to be $180 million. Now it's going to be $230 million, and it's going to take a lot longer. And so now they're gonna, the city council is going to essentially have to pass a... They're going to vote uh, on Tuesday. So, Who the hell did the estimate on here? Because that is a really, really big jump. It says it. Blue sky surveying and mapping. That approximated, quote, uh, that approximated the boundaries of a federal floodway easement rather than identifying its exact location. Well, and that don't was just an hire oversight. blue sky yeah. for anything. <laughs> yeah, so more money, you know. We'll see. I'm sure the vote will pass. They, the city hall building they've been in is is way too small and way outdated. Like they do need decent facilities, employ more mm -hmm. people in a bigger building, all that jazz. Um, but yeah, this is speaking of what what you were just talking about, Thomas. <laughs> uh, they've got money for this, but they don't got money for this. It's like, yeah. We got $50 million more million to get in compliance for City Hall. But I wonder how much money it would cost for the art space, for the Fort Worth Community Arts Center. Like, yeah, I don't think they're spending money effectively, not after the Panther pro Project, oh, Panther Island Project. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's that too. Uh, okay, I found in the article for the Fort Worth Art Space, they need $26 million to renovate that building. Oh. That's a lot of money. Um, damn, that sucks. So I hope we can read the article again. These links are below in the sh in the doobly doos. So check that out. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Those are the stories, Thomas, that we kind of you really primarily most of these came across over the past couple of weeks that are like important for us to cover. However, we want to get to the the. Uh, you know, the issue at hand with the upcoming election. So we've missed the deadline to register. I guess I'll say this as we get into the rest of it. We've missed the deadline to register. Yep. 
that was April 6th. So if you're not today, we're recording this on the 9th. If you have not registered to vote, uh, you cannot vote in this election. Uh, early voting is going to start on April 24th. That is in two weeks and one day from today. So here in just a couple of weeks, I guess we'll get one more podcast episode out before that, but this is coming up uh, and that will run through May 2nd. So for about eight days. And then the election day is on May 6th here coming up in about four weeks. So we're coming close. We want you guys to be informed about, uh, about the candidates so you can kind of decide for yourself. Again, of course, we have that spreadsheet below uh, that you can check out. We encourage you to, to look there, do your own research on these candidates as well. But here we all kind of put them in one place for you. But, and I know Thomas, like, I, I feel like I dropped the ball. Apparently this video was recorded or was uploaded by the Fort Worth report, like almost two weeks ago, like 10 days ago. And I never, no, even, even longer than that. It was streamed on the 29th, on March 29th, but I missed it. And so I think we'll just both go in here together, pretty blind. Um, I dropped the link in the thing. If you want to like kind of follow along, maybe muted so you can at least see kind of the, with the same thing that I'm seeing. Uh, in yeah. regards and maybe like can describe to the listener what these look like again listener this video is below it's like a two hour and 10 minute video we're not we're obviously not gonna on the podcast cover everything but i figured we could at least cover like the the introductions for the candidates and then maybe the first question that they're asked and like their responses to that one question and then just like move on to the next panel because the first one's like the mayoral candidates i kind of briefly like scrolled through it like before the podcast when i found it i was like what is this and i probably spent like three minutes watching the whole thing uh it essentially looks like mayor mayoral candidates first for maybe 20 30 minutes and then it goes through the districts but it doesn't do every district it does like four seven and eleven i think or something and that's it it's just those two things it's not the fort worth isd stuff it's not the water district, um, but it's something we get to see the candidates, see what they look like, see what their arguments are, see how they are on camera in front of people, you know, as a public speaker. Uh, so, yeah, man, I don't know. What do you think? Do you want to do? What do you think? Like, should we try to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 and just like let it run <laughs> and just like talk over it? Yeah. Okay. And then maybe pause that if we need to. Okay. Oh, sorry about my notifications. Damn it. I hate it when that happens. Okay. So yeah, just pause when necessary, but yeah, we'll just kind of talk over it. Mystery science like, and, uh, all right, I'm starting. Let me know when you're playing so I can. Okay. I'm starting it from the 10 minute and 16 second mark. Uh, and I'm not going to let the like moderator talk. We're just starting straight from the candidate introductions oh one of the guys is missing bowens jr isn't in his seat yet but they're starting anyways so we'll we'll see what happens uh i want to play this sped up i always try to do this for just for the sake of time play it at 1.25 speed but like because this is like a forum should i for the listener like not speed them up so they don't sound more weird or something what do you think or should i just go fast Regular speed. All right, regular, regular, regular speed. All right, here we go. With that, um, let's start with, um, well, first, we have five mayoral candidates. All were invited. Um, we have running for mayor uh, this year, uh, Ken Bowens Jr., uh, Jennifer Castillo, uh, Allison Kennedy, 
uh, incumbent mayor, Maddie Parker, and uh, Adrian Smith. So with that, um, we're going to start with uh, one minute introduction. So candidate Castillo, please. Kennedy's go ahead. not there either. I guess I did get a little bit of that, but there we go. So Castillo's going first. For the past few years, I have witnessed the devastating effects of poor leadership, reckless fiscal policies, and aggressive federal rate hikes on our economy. Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, property values have soared while the largest rate hikes in history have crippled our nation's financial stability. Our citizens have lost their jobs, businesses, and even their lives. We have overcome some of the toughest struggles in recent times. Locally, in Fort Worth, we are a tale of two cities. While the West Side strives with prosperous businesses and world-class facilities and rich cultural heritage, other communities have been neglected, marginalized, and forgotten for far too long. Citizens come to me with heartbreaking issues, such as their children's underperforming schools, compromised health, inability to afford their property taxes, and police brutality. Sadly, our current administration has mistreated, neglected, and even arrested citizens who speak up against such injustices. This is unacceptable. As a leader, I am committed to restoring the hope to our communities, to be a voice for those who cannot speak for themselves, and making sure that everybody has a seat at the table. My name is Jennifer Castillo. I'm an Air Force veteran, a true patriot, and the only Republican on the ballot. So today, I'm going to give you hope, I'm going to give you voice, and I'm, I'm going to make sure everybody here has a seat at the table. So vote for Castillo for mayor on May 6th. Okay, I'm actually going to pause it. Uh, I'm the only real Republican on the ballot. <laughs> Just letting it all hang out. This is supposed to be nonpartisan. This is supposed to be a nonpartisan election. <laughs> We're not supposed to have parties. Like, obviously, a lot of these people are Republicans, but they don't come out and say it. So, interesting. It's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. Like, <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think about her messaging? Oh, it's very uh, Trump-esque. Look, she's probably a Trump supporter. She is speaking to conservatives primarily right, right now, but she is another example of the radicalized right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She's she sounds angry. She sounds up or not angry, upset, mad. Um, coming in with the fire. Uh, a little strong, I think. It's a little intense for a, for a mayoral election. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, like she's not wrong about there being marginalized communities that have been left behind in Fort Worth. Like, that's totally true. Um, but like, what she's gonna do about it if she's gonna fucking <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm getting heated now. I wasn't even, I didn't even mean to do that. Um, if she's going to like. Toaster with the F-bombs. <laughs> if she's going to like put out there that she's a Republican, then like, then there we go. I can say, okay, well, what are your policies? What's on the Republican Party of Texas's platform? And then you can just say, okay, well, none of those things are going to actually help marginalize peoples in any community. Uh, and so unless you're identify marginalized people as like white people, which by the way, Jennifer Castillo is like not. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't, well, I mean, I guess if you ask the census, like all Latinos are white, which is a whole other, <laughs> a whole other thing. Uh, I hate that. Are you, you guys to, are just the next people they're trying to make join the club. That's it. 
it's, that's all they want. It's so they want Latin people to be white people. Like for real. Like we have to answer. It's two different questions. They always ask like what your race is and then what your ethnicity is, and then like mm-hmm. but, and like race is like white or black or I guess like Asian or any, I don't know what the other ones are because I don't pl- pl- check those. But then the other ones is like in the secondary one that has more options. Uh, it's right. like then there there is like Mexican or whatever. It's like, are you Irish American? Are you Polish? Or are you you know are you Mexican or Latino? Anyways, getting off topic. Okay, that's Jennifer Castillo, uh, for mayor. I guess one more thing before we move on. What do you think about comparing her to Maddie? Yeah, let's hear Maddie. Okay, she's gonna get here. Yeah, I guess let's yeah. Thank you. Let's do that. All right, thank you, and uh, Mayor Parker. Good evening. My name is Maddie Parker. I'm proud to be the mayor of Fort Worth. Um, Quite simply, I'm running again after just a year and a half in office because I don't feel like my work is done yet. Um, This has been an honor of a lifetime to get to serve this city. I think a few highlights I'll share with you this evening is first is our focus on being one of the cleanest and safest cities of America. I think that's reflected in the last two fiscal year budgets that I've been able to preside over. Um, It's an investment in police officers. It's an investment in, in our litter abatement and homeless mistreatment. Um, and, and much to the surprise of a lot of people, our budget cycle really is focused on bragging about her homeless treatment. Is that what I just heard coming out of her mouth? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's like kind of touting that as a, as a, as a feather in her cap, it seems. What exactly? Where? Yeah. I mean, I guess we covered one story last year or something about a small number of apartments being, but that believe that was like a private endeavor, like a private company yeah. that she was just like supporting, like in rhetoric. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like what she doesn't doing. get. She doesn't get credit for that. Maybe the city has done something. Like I know the police, like what, not too long ago, were like clearing out the, you know, some of the areas like removing forcibly removing people. Um, that's with, not solving the, the homeless year. problem. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where she got that, unless she looks at that as fixing it. But no, we still got. I mean, anyone who drives around Fort Worth knows, like, we still got plenty of homeless people all over the place. Uh, we need more housing. We need more services. We need more money for all of those things. Let's see if anybody says that. Like, it's weird. So I'll say this: spoiler alert. Allison Kennedy doesn't show up to this, and I don't know why. But when I kind of click through a little bit and listen to a, a little bit of maybe it, maybe she wasn't invited there. Well, no, it's, I, that's what I thought when I was watching. I was like, they didn't even they didn't even invite her. Like, are you kidding me? But right here at the beginning, you can see on the left side, like she's got a name card. Uh, her and uh, I'm blanking Collins Jr. No, oh, damn it. And focus on day. That doesn't mean they were invited. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. Um. Suppose you're right about that. Uh, Ken Bowens Jr., forgive me. He's he's there, but he's not there yet. I guess he shows up in the middle of these people talking. I'm not sure. Across the entire city. Um, when you think about a city like Fort Worth, our number one priority is a high quality of life for all residents. And I think it's reflected in the number of people that want to live in a place like Fort Worth. We've seen folks, we've, we've seen folks flock from the coastal cities to live in a place like Fort Worth, Texas, for a lot of different reasons. Our emphasis on high quality education from cradle to career on economic development that has an emphasis on entrepreneurship. I mean, our schools are not great. 
high quality education from cradle to career. Uh, see, like, uh, just the just the framing of that, dude. The uh, it makes me so angry. Cradle to career. Mm -hmm. uh, that's so gross. Oh my god. Okay. Come on, like, I get it. Yes, you want people to have a career. You want them to be successful and succeed in life. But in our system, like, you like you have to have a career to do that. Otherwise, you die to homelessness or starvation, which is already an issue that we're already talking about. But some zip yeah. codes in Fort Worth, like, are the worst in the state. Um, so, come uh, come on. It, I would just wish our education, and Maddie can't fix this. So, I don't, I'm not blaming her. Like, that's her framing because that's what she, that's people appeal to that but like to me man that just makes me that's just like capitalist realism like oozing just the idea like capitalism is is you know everything it's the only thing that there is no alternative things can't be better and it's just like how about we like educate our kids to like have a good life how about that like make good decisions like you know like not train them to become career you know, straight into the workforce, which is what it's all about as an educator. That's what it's all about. It's what we're doing. Did you see, did, did you see on the internet? Cause I know you do internets, Thomas, um, about the kid. I don't I forgot what state it was. It was like Indiana or something where kids are working, uh, like primary school kids, like elementary school kids are working in some, some restaurant or something. Uh, no. What in the child labor are you talking about? Batman? Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm blank. I shouldn't talk about it on air. Cause I always say we provide sources and I don't have this one available and I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like going and looking for it. So just disregard that listener. Just redact that from your ears <laughs> as from if that's possible. You heard nothing. Yeah. I'm going to leave it in though. I'm not going to edit it out. So, so there you go. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's get back to Maddie finishing up and then we'll get on to Mr. Smith. Nourership. And again, on public safety, because let's be honest, if you're not investing in public safety, you really have no city moving forward. In closing, I'll just say this. It's unique in a city like the size of Fort Worth to run every two years for mayor. Um, but it's also an opportunity for someone like me to remind you why you elected me in the first place. My work is not done. And I really look forward to serving you again for another two years. Thank you very much. Interesting. Kind of like, interesting. Kind of knocking the city a little bit for how, how it does things in an archaic sort of way. We don't need two years. I think I agree with her. I think if we're going to have a mayor, that is kind of weird. And mayor's should get stuff done and again if you're campaigning all the time to get stuff done you're not getting stuff done yeah uh okay let's go all right thank you thank you and candidate smith you're next adrian adrian devon smith i am a i am native to fort worth my desire for running for mayor is simply out of a desire to serve the people of fort worth i truly feel like we as a city are great but our greatness has been challenged in the last couple of years. However, despite the challenges, I see us going forward. I think that uh, my campaign, no, my campaign is not a campaign of promises. However, my campaign is a campaign of purpose, perspective, and possibilities. Again, it is out of, the, out of a desire to serve. I have no agendas. I have no uh, personal relationships with uh, Anyone I would say in Fort Worth, uh, business business related or uh, development wise, I just have a desire to serve. And I want to pause it there. Did you notice that he, he Adrian? By the way, 
answered our survey or our questions last week. Like we read off his responses and we both were kind of like, hey, this is pretty good. He just kind of in the he just kind of said the same two things. He doesn't have it doesn't have uh, relations with. How did he word it again? Let me play it back. Any business? I am a I am native to Fort Worth. Ah, I messed My it desire up. for running for mayor is simply. Damn it. Sorry. I didn't mean to go back that far. Um, yeah, the, the same questions we asked him, essentially Fort Worth POA and the, uh, the Realtors Association, but he didn't say, he didn't name them, but he kind of said the same sort of thing. He doesn't have any, you know, affiliations with stuff like that, which I think is good. All right. I'll, I'll, here we go. No, my campaign is not a campaign of promises. However, my campaign is a campaign of purpose, perspective, and possibilities. Again, it is out of the out of a desire to serve. I have no agendas. I have no uh, personal relationships with uh, anyone I would say in Fort Worth, uh, business, business related or uh, development wise. I just have a desire to serve and thank you all for coming out. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll jump right in there. So I wanna, so what do you think of that, I guess? Strong move. If he had more name recognition, it'd probably get him more points, but he doesn't. So people aren't going to know who he is. He needs to keep running. Yeah. I like, I like his, uh, his like poise, kind of the way he's speaking. He speaks directly. He had good eye contact with the audience. He wasn't reading. So Castillo, I guess real quick, what would, would you, Thomas, mind like describing what the three candidates that we have so far, Bowen's again, is going to come up here in just a second. Uh, kind of like what what, what they're wearing, what the, how they look, how they appear to the to the listener. Okay, so Castillo, get there real quick, so I can get a visual aid. Castillo looks like she's Latina. Um, she's got would you call that dirty blonde or? brown yeah. hair i call she's, it dirty blonde she's got like brown hair with like highlights or something like blonde highlights yeah yeah and then you know she's not am i am i describing her physical appearance yeah, because she's, she's, like, she's okay yeah she she looks like she's roughly in shape you know she's not yeah. like a a fitness model but she looks roughly approachable um yeah, she's like wearing like a, a she's dressed nice, wearing a red, red dress. Uh, lipstick, the whole yeah, lipstick, yeah. Which, you know, nice. All three of them, I think, look pretty, pretty nice. Maddie, wearing all black. Yeah, almost like if it was a turtleneck, it'd be like a Steve Jobs deal, yeah. but it's not. I think it's a button down or a blouse or something. Uh, yeah. Maddie looks like Maddie. We all should be familiar with her. Uh, Adrian Smith is wearing a blue oh, suit. Any white girl. He's yeah. uh, kind of reminds me of Chris Nettles a little bit. Like he just has the glasses. Um, I mean, Nettles has the dreads and stuff, and, and Smith does not. He's got really short hair. But a little bit of salt and pepper in the air. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they they all they all seem to, you know, appear uh, professional and like I don't know, looking looking to, to questions. And I want to explain that these questions uh, come from our reporters who solicit. Thoughts from our audience, including from neighborhood associations. We thought that was important to hear. So I'm going to fast forward to like 7.15 when 
Bowens, I guess, shows up late, perhaps, which is okay. So here, let's see what he's getting situated. So you have you have a minute to just introduce yourself. Jason. I think it's on. Hello. Everybody hear that? Hello. Yes, yes, on. Oh, they handed him another. Well, one. my name is Kinsborn Jr. Um, born and raised in Fort Worth, a Fort Worth resident of 31 years. So, um, proud member of the East Side area. So, um, um, I'm real passionate about city politics, local government. Um, like I said, um, born and raised in Fort Worth, attended, um, been attended um, city council meetings since seventh grade. So, I'm really, really passionate about city government. So, making a change, making a difference in my community and. Like I said, it's a huge a lot of disparities going on in the city of Fort Worth from the east side to the west side to south southwest side to north side. So um my goal is to change the change the narrative and um make sure we focus on Fort Worth as a whole, not just certain areas of Fort Worth, the Fort Worth as a whole. So um that's one of our goals to really bridge the gap and end the disparities going on in the city of Fort Worth. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. And do we have enough mics for everybody? Let's see. I think we do. I just make sure we're all set. Okay. Well, the question we were asking candidate Bowens before um, you came in was about short-term rentals and what's your position on short-term rentals and the existing city ordinance and uh, should short-term rentals be regulated? If so, how? Wow. What a weird first question. Um, when it comes to short-term rentals, yeah. um, I believe we need to um, really look into that and, um, these um amend or um some some type of way um revise the current city ordinance. I believe short term rentals is really plays a huge impact the city forward because um property rights and stuff like that. So That's um such a I believe you gotta release amend or revise and do the current city ordinance to make it right and put some restriction on the two. So um that's my stance on short term rentals. Okay. Well, that's like they shouldn't have made him answer it immediately. He's all he just sat down, like he interrupted the thing to sit yeah. down. Uh, he's not. Same, same question. He's kind of, you know. Mayor Parker. Getting yeah. it together. So as many of you may know, we went through this. So I guess, okay, I guess I missed Jennifer's response to this question while Ken was showing up. I'm going to take it back just a bit where we're at right now, 1919. All right, I'm going to take it back to her response so we can get Jennifer's too. Yeah. So I have 15 years experience in the real estate industry. I first got my real estate license when I was 19 years old. And one of the things that I've um, been very passionate about is helping people to, to purchase their homes. So my belief. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> helping people purchase homes is great. Like you're do sure you're, you're to help people find homes. But people who are purchasing homes is a subset of people. Uh, and that subset of people is dealing with home prices and stuff, but like the subset that we're talking about of marginalized communities that she brought up, she brought up there's marginalized people here in Fort Worth. It's not homeowners or home buyers, <laughs> if for the most part. Uh, it's people who don't have a home or yeah. people who are about to lose it or people who are, you know, doubling up, people who need assistance. Wait, when she like, talks about short term rentals, is she talking about like Airbnb? That's a great question. Um, Probably, I was thinking more like three month to six month leases. Like, and I don't know, you know, I'm guessing these are just in bad parts of town or something. Like, I don't know. You're probably right, though. I didn't think about that. It might be an Airbnb sort of thing. And yeah, so I mean, so so Ken didn't have anything to say. She's let's see if she's got anything else to say. Yeah, no, it's the Airbnb stuff because it's it's anything with a stay of less than a month. Okay, 
So that's, hmm. So what's your take on that, Thomas? We shouldn't have be have people taking up homes for short-term profit when we are people who have no homes. Yeah, I'm wondering, I haven't thought about that very much. Like, I would personally allow it, but there'd be a significant tax that goes straight to uh, funding homeless facilities. Yeah, I mean, that makes that makes sense. I feel like, yeah, I mean, Fort Worth is kind of becoming more of a destination place now that we've got the Dickies Arena. You know, we're just gonna, we are growing a lot. Uh, I think having Airbnbs available in the area is, you know, I, I don't think we should not have it here. But yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, tax it better. Um, you know, send that money specifically towards towards that as an issue. I think is a good idea as well. I'm trying to think like what. I guess I don't, I'm not familiar enough with this argument to kind of know what the what the other side of it is. Like, what's the argument for getting rid of it? Why I don't know. Let's see if it, maybe maybe they'll answer our questions. I bet Maddie's going to be the one to say something substantial. Let's let's. I guess let's get through Jennifer's thing is that yeah. personal property, protecting personal property, which should be the fundamental right of our administration. So that doesn't have nothing to do with the question. Okay. My take on is that we should allow people to do as they please with their properties. If they choose to rent it out, if they choose to generate revenue from their properties, we should allow them to do so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When you frame it like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, here's, here's something that, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think she was gonna actually answer the question. <laughs> I was like, "Where are you gonna stick? She's gonna stick the landing." No, she did. That makes sense. Um, this is something I don't know. I got issues with zoning, man. I especially got issues the way that we zone things here in Fort Worth uh, or in Texas in general, not just specifically Fort Worth. But like, we we should be able to multi-purpose our properties and our homes. We should be able to earn money through our properties. Um, you know, that's something that if you look in other parts of the world, places, especially like in, in Asia, uh, a lot of people, even Latin America, like you've got your your house, maybe upstairs in your apartment and downstairs, you've got your shop or your store that you do and you do some other service. And it's like, but it's in your home. And if like everybody's able to do that, you end up with a bunch of small independent businesses and your economy thrives through that sort of thing. And the the ability for everybody to have that, that's and then you end up with walkable spaces like that, right? Where you have all this stuff really accessible to people. Uh, and that's right. what people like about those things. So I do agree with that statement that like people should be able to kind of do what they want with their own properties if it's going to make money um, for them or for whatever. Now, then you're getting into landlord territory, like who actually owns Airbnbs? Who's actually the ones doing this? Yeah, it's people who own multiple properties. Uh, it's the landlord class, the landed class. So that like, I don't, I don't think you're going to regulate yourself out of that situation like that's going to take much larger like systemic changes to kind of do something about that um right so yeah so i don't know okay i guess so that's so then ken sits down like next to her like as she's talking so she kind of gets i think a little discombobulated there at the end and so now we'll get to mrs parker over a series of months oh. to really discuss what already too far um, that's my stance on short-term rentals. Okay. Well, same same question, Mayor Parker. So as many of you may know, we went through this process uh, over a series of months to really discuss what the policy in the city of Fort Worth should be. Um, at the same time, you saw interest rate hike on mortgages, affordability of housing be a concern. 
The number one priority for me as your mayor was really maintaining the integrity of our neighborhoods. I do believe in personal property rights. And candidly, there was a, there was a period of time at the beginning of this discussion, we thought there was an opportunity to delineate between owner-occupied and investor-owned STRs, which have allowed us to allow those that occupy their home to, to, to gain additional revenue. But unfortunately, there was a Fifth Circuit opinion out of New Orleans that prohibited us from doing that after another city was sued for their ordinance. So long story short, I think the ordinance stays where it is right now because neighborhoods have spoken very clearly to us. Hundreds of people from various neighborhoods across the entire city, northwest, east, and, and across the community really said to us, we were concerned about our neighborhoods. I will mention this, though. Um, you have seen um, the integrity of neighborhoods be questioned because of rental occupant, occupancy going up so significantly and the rates in places across the city. So I don't think this debate is over. And I've had numerous conversations recently with STR owners out of concern. Um, just in closing to remind you, you can, um, you can operate an STR just in specific districts across the city or apply through a CUP or a CUP process in your individual council district. Okay. So there you go. I was like, I don't know what the ordinance is, but the, I think she just closed out with it. So you can have Airbnbs, obviously, which we know you can have, but it's only in specific certain areas, and you got to like file for it, you got to register for it. Which yeah. that makes sense. I see what this is about now. Now that she talked about it, and she's been, you know, making policy in regards to it, this is about property uh, value. Mm -hmm. And whenever you have, like, if you're a homeowner and you live in a neighborhood with a bunch of homeowners. When someone comes in and like starts renting their house out, it like decreases the value of the land around it or the property around it because yep. those people don't own and renters tend to be sloppier. You know, we, I think I've never lived in an HOA, thankfully. I, well, that's not true. I guess I didn't own the house, though. When I was in college, I rented a house in an HOA. Uh, and that was the worst. Oh, my God. We lived across the street from the vice president. He was like calling the cops on us. We had a fire hydrant in our front yard. And anytime our friends came over and like parked in front of that fire hydrant, he would like call his cop buddies and like they would come and write a ticket. It was like the most annoying thing. Anyways, as an adult, as a regular person, as a homeowner or whatever, like I don't, uh, don't have to ever deal with a, a homeowners association, but this is the type of things that they don't like. They don't like, <laughs> they don't like it when renters are there. So th I think that's what this is. Like this, it's Airbnb. Yeah is a is a part of it uh yes if you're renting out your home you're you know now you're not owning in it unless you're one of those we weird airbnb people that like rent out a room in your house or something i don't know i never i never got that that seems i mean i guess if you need the money or something that's a different story but that's i don't know i never got that what do you think of that i don't know this is so random thomas i don't want to just pontificate about my opinions about airbnb like what do you think i think you're about right um first of all like we don't need that kind of, like i can i can kind of respect someone putting up a house for rent you know as long as the rent isn't more than the actual house costs right yeah but for the airbnb stuff that's price gouging for the sake of price gouging you know yeah and that and that so it makes sense to have that in certain designated areas if you're gonna be price gouging at the same time affecting like your neighbors or something yeah maybe like designated neighborhoods for that but yeah, so that's interesting. Okay, we'll see what Adrian Smith has to say about it. Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, okay. Smith, same Two question. Okay, in, in regards to short-term rentals, this, this is how I looked at the short-term rental situation. You had some people that were for it, and then you had some people who were against it. 
what I saw with this issue that what, what this issue did, it, it caused a division amongst the communities because those who were for it were championing for it. Those who were against it were championing against it. So I feel like our council, and I went on record stating this, that our council should have let, left it up to the voters to decide if they wanted short-term rentals or not, and not, not the council make the decision, you know, in spite of uh, litigation, you know, because the citizens are the ones who, you know, you all run the city. We're just, we're just your voices. We're just your, the faces and your voices that you all elect. So in regards to short-term rental, again, I would have made it a ballot issue. That's an interesting take. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting take. Now, I like it. At the same time, there's a geographic factor at hand yeah. when you're talking about property. And it's a non-answer, too. Yeah, because it doesn't... Well, yeah. A lot of these candidates are punting because they're not giving their personal take on it. Yeah, that's kind of punt. Yeah, punt, let, let the voters decide, which on the surface looks good, but like you can't you vote if you're taking the whole city as a whole. The city is very, very different and and all over the place, and like the properties or the people in the neighborhoods that are affected are going to be you know rep at representing the entire city, and that's not you kind of need a regionalized or a you know like a parceled out. What's 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 the term I'm looking for? Like uh you know piecemeal sort of a yeah. way of handling that, I think. I don't know. Okay, so wh what do you think, Thomas? Like, we've spent some time with the mayoral candidates. Do you think that's enough and move on to some of the city council spots, or do you want to do one more, or what do you think? Move on to the city council spots. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna. So this goes on until about 43 minutes in, so it's probably about 35 minutes or so of that mayor council again to the listener the links below you can watch the whole thing and we encourage you that you do now we're getting to what uh, here so we can move through a little more quickly than with five district but four. we appreciate both the candidates in district four yep. uh this is the race uh in which incumbent alan blaylock uh decided to move in district 10 so there is not an incumbent in this race uh we have in this race Charles Lowersdorf and Teresa Ramirez Gonzalez. So Charles is wearing a blue shirt with like a gray sports coat. And he's got like a buzz cut haircut. Uh, not a buzz cut. What would you call that? Looks like looks military. Looks high and tight. Yeah. Yeah, high and tight. There you go. And then Ramirez Gonzalez, Teresa Ramirez Gonzalez is wearing like what, like pink, pinkish red sort of laser thing and like yeah. a white white shirt with like big old collar on it and her hair is all big she's got big long uh dark hair uh and yeah let's see let's see what we get here uh, we appreciate both of you being here and we'll start with uh one minute introductions so alphabetically you get to go first candidate lowersdorf awesome well my name is charlie lowersdorf i'm a married father of six god-fearing man um spent nearly two decades in the united states marine corps now I'm a Tarrant County CASA volunteer, I'm a Freemason, and most importantly, a TCU grad and a barbecue extraordinaire, if I may say so myself. Uh, I'm running because I feel like we have a lot at stake here in Fort Worth. I believe, you know, looking at how other big cities have grown and seeing what they've gotten, how out of focus they've become, you know, my belief is we need to keep city council focused on the issues that actually matter and not just the issues you hear in the other uh, news. We can all agree there's nothing sexy about potholes or street infrastructure, or even lights that turn purple. 
However, those are all uh, things that we need to focus on here in the city. Shots fired. Oh, my God. <laughs> the purple lights. Oh, my God. That was uh, that hit home. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's like, what do I do? Uh, yeah, I know, Thomas, I know you're not not as close to the Tarrant County anymore. Um, but they they all the lights over here when they go, they, I guess they bought. I think I heard the story. I'm trying to remember correctly. We bought faulty lights or something and so when they go out they or when they they start to go bad like quicker than they're supposed to and they turn blue and so like or purple or whatever so like at night like probably a third of the lights in the city are like these bluish purple lights and it looks kind of cool that sounds safe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's not really though it's not like he's i don't know did you did you hear him say he's a Freemason? Like I feel like he threw that in there. Yes, like, yes, I did. Super, he, he did throw that in there. Super slick. Like I'm gonna put throw. He like threw it in there so quick. Um, not that I care about that. Like I don't whatever. But that's interesting. I thought usually if you're a Freemason, you don't talk about being a Freemason. I don't know. That shows how much I know. I guess about Freemasons. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Um, and we need a, a city council that has a backbone who's willing to stand up for for that and also stand up for uh, for for what's right for the right reasons. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Now opening statements from candidate Ramirez Gonzalez. So my name is Teresa Ramirez. I'm running for District 4, and I want to thank everyone for being out here and all my our supporters and everyone else that would like to come as well. Um, I just want to say that I've been doing this a long time. I've seen the changes and the challenges that we have faced in District 4, and I've been there for quite a while. I have our Neighborhood Association president right there, Mr. Lance Griggs, so we have been doing a lot of work with our elected leaders, and I'm ready to continue it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you both. We'll jump right into the questions. Uh, the first one, I think transportation seems to be a theme with some of our audience, but, but commute times on I-35 can take up to an hour and a half to get from the core of the city to the Alliance Job Center uh, during peak commute hours. How can the city improve mobility to job centers in the Alliance area and promote smart residential growth in North Fort Worth? So if you're wondering where District 4 is located, that is way up there, kind of like how we just said, by Alliance. It's like very far in North Fort Worth. So they're talking about traffic. There we go. Well, first of all, I believe, in, I believe in positive growth, and I believe we need to do it responsibly. I think whenever it comes to traffic on the highways, I think our city, city leaders need to be engaged with our TxDOT um, employees and, and staff and leadership there to make sure that we're getting the resources we need, especially in North Fort Worth. And we hear a lot of talk about other parts of Fort Worth, uh, but we also hear how many jobs we have growing in North Fort Worth. Well, we need to make sure that we have voice on council uh, that's going to make sure we do get those resources. And I look forward to working with Alan Blaylock to ensure that we are talking to those folks at TxDOT uh, to ensure that the, the developers that are growing in that area, we're all doing it responsibly. We're all doing it in a way that makes sense. I mean, the roads that we already have in place, we need to ensure that we're, we're taking care of those uh, to ease that traffic in the north area. Um, and then we need to make sure that uh, TxDOT does what they're supposed to do as far as uh, providing us resources uh, where we need them the most, which is in the north. All right. Thank you. I'll, I'll repeat the question, candidate Ramirez. Uh, commute times on I-35 can take up to an hour and a half to get to the core of the from the core of the city to the Alliance Job Center during uh, peak commute hours. How can the city improve mobility to job centers in the Alliance area and promote smart residential growth in North Fort Worth? I guess before we get to her answer, what'd you think of Charles's answer? Honestly, it was pretty good. He was, he was pretty on base. I think he, he wandered off a couple of times, but 
for the most part, he was he gave the 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 typical politician answer that people like. He sounds smart, but he didn't really say a lot. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, after he after the guy asked the question again, there I was kind of like thinking, I was like, yeah, well, he didn't really. I mean, he just said he yeah, it's a problem. We should fix it, and I'm ha- I'm looking forward to fixing it with you know Alan Blaylock. And he did giving. give some solutions, like sp- working with text dot and stuff in there, but they were like very generalized. Yeah, I mean the question is like, what should we do about the traffic? Not hmm. like, you know, should we or should we not do something about the traffic? Uh, and he, you know, he didn't have any ideas, but that's okay. Doesn't sound like a developer. He did show. I mean, he did come across. I, you know, he did come across just like you said, like well spoken like he knows what he's talking about like he's intelligent um yeah and that's important i know this isn't a debate per se this is a a forum but like we're still kind of looking at the candidates and seeing how they come across you know as people and because that's a big part that's why a lot of the reason why people vote uh so let's see what Teresa says to the same question also peep the prime i do believe i come from a bigger camera say that one more time sorry I said, peep the prime energy she has that's, like, facing the camera with, like, to where you can read the, the, the thing. I wonder if that's deliberate. Yeah. You mean the... the? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Moving on. City, Houston, Texas, and we still haven't got it right there. So uh, I think this is going to be a long-term working process, and we're going to do it. And I think our our... TechStot is doing pretty well in where they're at and where we are, we have begun, and we can move that forward according to how we see City of Fort Worth. I think there's other issues that are that are slightly more important. We have a juvenile detention center that's over capacity and it's uh, privately owned. Okay, so she's done the thing where she didn't really say anything and then she's now changing the subject to something that she cares about instead of really answering the question. So, okay, juvenile detention centers capacity to private own so so we need to find out what we're going to do about mental health and i, I think infrastructure yeah, is going to be a long term mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're going to keep looking at it and we're going to keep working on it all right thank infrastructure is going to be a long-term thing like that's we all know that and then what'd she say about the Juvenile Detention Center that's over And it's uh, privately owned, so we need to find out what we're going to do about mental health. And I think infrastructure... Okay. The mental health issue is a separate issue from the juvenile detention issue. Yeah. I wanted to know what she was going to say about that. Like, if it's over, if it's too full, do we need to... Is she saying we need to get them in a mental health facility instead? Are you saying we need to build a bigger detention center? Like, the, are you saying we need, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to figure that out. Okay. It's going to be a long term. We're going to keep looking at it and we're going to keep working on it. All right. Thank you. Uh, next question. Do you want to do one more since there's just the two of them or do you think that's enough? Move on to the next one. Let's do one more. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's see what comes next. Is the most traffic's not the best topic, so <laughs> let's see if we get a better topic. Recent class of city council members have been criticized by some for restricting opportunities to speak at council meetings. How would you promote public participation while still dealing with the concern that a few specific people are dominating the public comment period? 
Oh, is this targeted at uh uh Bob Willoughby? Because I got the impression that Bob like was not able to speak anymore at the city council. Maybe. And yeah. And I guess you have your city you have your city council spoken section, like where it's always the same people who show up every week and i guess they're dominant mm -hmm. but like that's every that's how it goes dude like maybe you should have some sort of you know how many maximum times that you can speak per month or something i don't know i don't really you like couldn't do that that's that's actually a violation of your freedom of speech yeah. i'm surprised they're able to get away with this yeah, I was about to say, like, it, it, it would be like that's you're when you start doing that to people, then it things get really weird. Um, so I don't, I don't even know what they're, what justification they're using to say, like, these people can't, like, yeah, I agree, Thomas. I don't know. That's very strange. So, what, yeah, what did y'all say about that? I think I know exactly who you're talking about on that one, having watched uh, numerous city council meetings. So, I guess it is Bob. He's just saying, I know who you're talking about. It's like, like one person. What the? Okay. And I think transparency is going to be the first and foremost, one of the most uh, important responsibilities of the city council and city staff and city manager and the, uh, and the mayor. I mean, our job is to serve the people that, that we work for that who elected us in the first place. So if we're not listening to them in a responsible manner, then what's it all for anyways? Um, I do think you have to do it in a pragmatic common sense approach. I mean, as much, as nice as it would be to listen to everyone who came before city council to speak, I think that's going to be really difficult. So I think a, a system where you have, where you know they sign up well before time, and then those are approved uh, to speak. Especially new time speakers should be heard. If you have the same voice that keeps coming back time and time again, and all they have is just simply attacks, and they're not really talking about anything constructively, uh, then I think we need to prioritize those who actually have something to say. Because otherwise, we spend that all that time uh, listening to the same things over and over. And one of the other things you have to consider too is city council. We had that one meeting on that one Tuesday, and so you know we're 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 spending our time up there as well. And, and so we need to make sure that we're hearing from as many people as we can in a common sense way. Thank you. Yeah. I mean. He's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, candidate Ramirez. Did you want to repeat the question? Yes, I will. Um, oh, no. How would you um, promote public participation while still dealing with the concern that a few specific people are dominating the public comment period? The most important part, ask your city council person, woman. I will make sure that I hear everyone, even if I do not agree with them. They get their three minutes, they don't get their mic turned off, and I do not get my feelings hurt. I raised five babies, and they're all wonderful children, and I raised them the right way. I'm, I'm the daughter of a farmer's daughter, and she taught me to do the right thing. And I don't think we could exclude anyone or talk down to anyone. If someone's irate, I think we should just listen to them. And I think if they're hurt, we should listen to why they're hurt. I do know that there is a 90-plus page report on the investigation of our police department. And I support my police, but I will not support any political organization. I'm only true POA. to the people. Thank you. Is this girl drunk? I mean, I like what she's saying, but is she drunk because she can't stay on topic? Maybe. I mean, who knows? She's could right, be, though. She's absolutely nerves. right there. Like, that's, that's the take you should have. Yeah. 
that was a much better answer than than the previous question for sure. Yeah, and she even threw in a little extra there at the end, but that's fine. Um, you know about other stuff. Yeah, I agreed. I agree with with all that. They both had good answers for that one. Uh, so it, I mean, it, it, it making the comparison between the two, Lausdorf obviously is the conservative, the more conservative. I was getting conservative vibes from her too, but kind of what she's saying there, not so much. Um, yeah. So so there you go, voter, go vote if you're in District Four. Take your pick that, and you know they've they've got probably three more questions or two more questions with the answer, uh, in here. So check that out. And I'm gonna keep going. We are now in District Seven at one hour ten minutes and ten thirty one ten one ten thirty seven. Live stream. And I'll say as we repeat that that we're going in sort of alphabetical order. And so when you have a, a name that starts with B, you get to go first. Um, I that. <laughs> well, my name starts with C. I'm Chris Cobbler, so I, I can relate to that, too. Um, so we're, the candidates for District 7 are Caleb Beckham, Beckham, I said that right, Macy Hill, and Jason Ellis. So we'll go first with uh, Caleb. You can get this. So we got Caleb first, young, white dude, blonde hair, uh, like kind of looks like Edward Snowden a little bit or something. A little right. bit of a goatee. You know, actually, I paused it where he's in a he's in a profile. He kind of looks like Timothy McVeigh, uh, in this at this particular angle. Uh, Ellis, not that not that it means anything. That's just his physical appearance. Uh, that that type of white dude. Um, Ellis looks like a politician. <laughs> he's like yeah. buff dude in a. He looks like he should be on the NFL Network or something. Not not that his suit is a million dollar suit. But he's wearing a suit that's a little bit too tight for his buff muscles, and he's got yeah. another like you know, what did you call that haircut, Thomas? High and tight. High and tight. I'm so bad at haircuts. <laughs> High and tight. Yes, that he's got some salt and pepper beard, and then uh, Macy Hill over on the end kind of looks like Maddie Parker. <laughs> yeah, she, except she doesn't have a long sleeve short. She has a short sleeve blouse. Yeah, that's also black. Uh, yes. And her hair is about the same length as Maddie Parker's, maybe a tad longer, also blonde. Uh, so here we go. Let's see what they say. To start with opening statements, you have a minute, and then we'll go into questions after each of you get a minute for opening statements. Okay, yeah. Is it? I am Caleb Backholm, and it's like spelled like the capital of Sweden, Stockholm. You can kind of remember it that way. It's a good old Swedish name. And I grew up in a somewhat Swedish town, actually, on the coast of Washington in a House of I just, want to, I just want to say he looks nothing like Timothy McVeigh now, and I, forget, I feel bad that I said that earlier. So no, I'm just going to just keep going. Uh, a preacher's son hey. with two two siblings, and went to college in Northwestern in Minnesota. Met my wife there, and she's she's here. We have uh, three kids, and uh, after the kids got a little bit older, we moved down here to Fort Worth, and really enjoyed the area and, and came here intentionally because because of what the area is like. And frankly, probably the, the biggest reason that I'm running for office here is because growing up in that area, I've seen what bad politics, particularly bad city politics, will do to a city. Seeing what's happened to the crime rate, the homeless rate, what businesses have to try to go through to operate. And now we're here, and I want to make sure that what has happened up there doesn't happen down here in the city. And so that's why I'm running for Forward City Council. What do you think, Thomas? He's open and honest. I don't know how much the not being originally from Fort Worth is going to help or hurt him, but yeah, 
that's a diversity he too. Right? He does seem genuine. I agree. Like I get good vibes from him. Like seems like yeah. a nice guy. He's talking to you, talking to us, the audience, like a normal person. He doesn't sound like he's got an agenda. He's not talking at you. Like these are the things that are broken and these are the things I got to do. And I'm mad or polished. He doesn't come across like polished, but he's is well-spoken, like is intelligent. He's looking the audience in the eyes. Uh, I don't know. Seems like a nice dude. But yeah, I agree. Not from Fort Worth. Is that a problem? I think to Fort Worthians in general, that's a problem. But more and more people are like not from here. And like that's also a type of diversity that's important to have on the council. It would be nice to have that representation as well. Especially, and to be perfectly honest, like people from other places are probably the type of people we need because they got different ideas than the ones that we've been kicking around here for decades and decades. Uh, other yeah. parts of the country have been doing a lot of great stuff, uh, and so we need to we need to you know transplant that stuff here. And if we got people who know how to do that, like we're from those places, like that's a that's a valuable resource. Actually, this is why immigration is important and why immigration is good and, and healthy. <laughs> and we're just talking about it here at the local level, but this is and again for international migration or immigration. Like this is also why it's important. Uh, anyways, nice, Caleb, cool, dig. All right, thank you, uh, candidate. Jason Ellis. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jason Ellis. I was born and raised right here in Texas. Um, I joined the military when I was 18, deployed to Iraq on the sniper team. Oh, you were uh, right. After I got out of the military, I went back to Iraq, uh, worked for a private security company. The last position I held there was with, uh, I was the uh, director of logistics. I was over 400 personnel over in Iraq. Uh, when I came back to Texas, I started a plumbing company, and we built that up. In three short years, we were grossing over a million dollars in sales. I eventually sold that company, and I stayed on as a partner where I run operations today. I share all these things with you because I, my whole life has been geared towards service and serving people. The reason I'm running for city council is I want to actually work on the things that affect our everyday lives. The things that we affect, Northwest Fort Worth, for instance, is our infrastructure. <clears throat> but I'm willing to get my hands dirty, roll up my sleeves. I, I'm a big believer in leading from the front and leading by example. Thank you. Uh, candidate Macy Hill. Hi, my name is Macy Hill. I've been married to my husband James for 20 years. We have two sons. Um, one's 14, one's 16. Right, so I'm at the pause. It. Sorry. Uh, I was trying to see where District Seven was again. I was like, Oh, that's Northwest Fort Worth. That's actually my district now. Uh, I should have known that, but I feel silly saying that. But like, I've lived in District Nine for so long. I was just like, Wait, what? Uh, what do you think of Mr. Ellis? And I'll, I'll go back and we'll kind of get the beginning of, of Macy again. I think you were incredibly right when you you suggested he looked like he was in the military because he was. <laughs> um, honestly, he's going to sound really impressed with the voters. Um, yeah, because of that introduction, he's really good at communicating. I'm not going to lie. He also, you see that little stab he took. He's like, I actually was born here and raised in Fort Worth. Yeah, that's going to resonate with voters. Yep. And then military, serving the military is, is, a, is a plus for a lot of people. Uh, we've also got, obviously, got like a, a big military presence here in Fort Worth. Um, his business acumen and like owning a business and, and it being a successful business is going to be another plus one. Um, I just want to emphasize yeah. again, like I know if, if you've been listening to this for a while, you've heard this say this over and over again, but like the, the, the government, city government especially, is not a business. Uh, and so run, running a, an entity, running an organization, running, you know, 
something is important because you learn how things work like from a bureaucratic standpoint but like the motives the what what you're but the point of the entity is is completely different businesses were, exist to make profit uh full stop end of story and a government exists to, to serve the people so he seems to understand service like he emphasized that but just like knowing how to make money and run a business is not the same thing as like knowing how to appropriately get a government to do the things that it needs to do for the people um, those are very different very different in quotes those are different things um but yeah i agree i think he was a good he gave good answers came across strong um i don't know i kind of like back home to seem like the nicer guy <laughs> they both yeah. seem nice i don't want to knock ellis but obviously we're not conservative here and he seems very conservative uh so you know if not not crazy about that but seems you know seems to have a good head on his shoulders Let's uh, see what Mrs. Uh, Miss, Mrs. Hill says. Uh, candidate Macy Hill. Hi, my name is Macy Hill. I've been married to my husband, James, for 20 years. We have two sons, um, one's 14, one's 16. Uh, we're raising them with the same strong work ethic that we were raised with. Um, I grew up in Port Natchez, Texas, small town girl. Uh, started working at 12 years old at my grandfather's grocery store stocking shelves. We were never allowed to move up to cashier. You stayed stocking shelves. So you understood what the hard work was. Um, and did that all through high school. Um, I came to Fort Worth, went to TCU, have my undergraduate degree from TCU, have a master's of liberal art and a master's of business administration from uh, TCU. I'll, I'll pause it there. Like, A, it was your family's store, so that's not a hunt. If your family owns a store, that's the, that's the owner class, not the total working class. But yeah, I hear you good. I'm glad they made you stock shelves. It's good. On the other thing, liberal arts, that's, I'm good. We need more liberal arts people with, with degrees in liberal arts. And so that's awesome. But did she go to a, a private school that's super fancy? Like, yeah. Um, so there's that too. I don't know. So far, I, I know I, I should probably should have let her keep talking, but so far, what do you think, Thomas? Uh, her typical small town girl vibe is going to translate well for Fort Worth. I don't know if it's going to translate better with her than with ellis i think ellis is probably the front runner just based so far okay yeah i go ellis back home and then hill she seems nice she again i can reminds me of maddie a little bit i guess isn't quite as like a little yeah isn't quite as like what's the word i'm looking for impressive like, uh yeah like assertive i guess yeah, impressive like yeah maddie's definitely has like a, a vibe to her and yeah and macy seems i don't know a little more relaxed i guess i don't know let's see uh currently i'm the president of tailwind philanthropic advisors i work with family foundations to invest their money in nonprofits in north texas um everything from early childhood to homelessness to um, public policy so i understand intimately the needs of the community and what we need to do to, to fill the gaps um, so this was really a natural transition for me moving into um, city council candidate role. Um, I understand the issues and I'm passionate about being an advocate for our neighbors and community. That's great. That's a great answer. Uh, demonstrating what, what the job actually entails. Uh, right. And what she needs to be focusing with it. Uh, I don't know. I liked it. What do you think? Yeah, surprisingly well put together. I like how the candidates for the city council, like the actual seats, are more articulate than the mayor's seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to elaborate on that? The people for the city council seats are a lot more prepared. 
I think they're a lot more realistic too. I think the temptation with the mayor seat is, oh, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to run for mayor because that sounds like they they can do a lot of things, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, but can... they don't really think about the actual what the actual job entails, how realistic it is that they're winning, um, where they can make the best impact. Whereas the people who just run for city council seats. They've thought about it a little bit, you know. They're like, "All right, I have to, earn, I have to work my way up to mayor." Yeah. So I think that's a good point. I really wish Allison Kennedy would have showed up, or may, you know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe she wasn't invited. Uh, I mean, they just showed her nameplate. Yeah, yeah, they had her nameplate at the beginning. I, I don't know. I was disappointed because I definitely wanted to hear from her uh, on these things. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the the mayoral, with the exception of Maddie Parker, because she's been mayor for two years, uh, came across, you know, as like definitely. I think. Because we guess we didn't really talk about that, kind of like closing out that that panel. Who kind of came out the the be- looking the best? I think it was Maddie, um, for sure. I mean, Adrian yeah. Smith. I liked Adrian. Um, I guess as like a second place, perhaps. But and we didn't watch the whole thing. I'm sure maybe maybe, maybe they got better questions. That first question was pretty rough. Uh, but okay, I guess let's let's see what Macy. I think she just finished. But let's see. Let's hear their first question, and then we'll get to I think one more, maybe two more districts. All right, thank you. We'll move right into the, the first question. As it was said earlier, some of these questions came through neighborhood associations, and this first one does as well. Uh, it focuses on historic Lake Worth, which continues to be a popular recreational uh, destination. And uh, Leslie Pinkard of North Lake Worth Neighborhood Association and Evelyn Mulder of East Lake Worth Neighborhood Association are both asking, they want to know what protections you'd put in place to protect green space and parks around Lake Worth. So that's a great question. Your thoughts on how you can protect the space around Lake Worth? Sure. This is not a question that's come up a lot for me on the campaign so far, but I would say that what it does tie into is the quality of life in the neighborhood. Like we moved to this neighborhood intentionally uh, because of the style of neighborhood it is and the feel that it has, even though it's close to downtown, a big city of, of Fort Worth. It's also a bit outside, and it, it feels more remote. And that is an important thing, and I can see why they asked the question, because they don't want to lose what they moved here for, or maybe they even grew up in it. Either way, they don't want to lose what they're here for. And I think it's important to have some of that. As we grow and as the city develops and the areas around the city develop, we do want to have areas that remind us that it's a little bit different than some of the really big cities out there, and to keep those protected and so they don't just develop, but rather you have, you have green spaces, you have areas where it brings you back to nature. And I think that's, that's an important thing. I'd want to see that continue, to continue the quality of life that we already have here in Fort Worth. All right. Can, can anyone else just brief? It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I mean, he obviously was caught off guard by that question. I haven't asked this a lot on the campaign, which is fair. Also, also not being from here. Maybe like, I think being on his back foot on the question, he did an okay job answering it. Like it wasn't a bad answer. Um, it certainly wasn't a non-answer, but it was just kind of like more of a, I recognize what the problem is and I see what you're saying and I see that that's valuable. Um, not so much like, here's how I would ensure that or here's what I would do about that. Um, right. But a lot of times people don't even answer the damn question. So <laughs> like, <laughs> at least uh, at least gave something. Briefly, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with you, with, with you 100% on that. I think 
you know, he gave some okay answers. I think the way he answered it is going to uh, appeal to voters, which is really what he's trying to do is appeal to voters. He's not actually trying to answer the questions here. Yeah, I kind of come across looking, looking agreeable, looking good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he did that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay, well, here's Ellis. Restate the question. What protections would you put in place to preserve green space and parks around Lake Worth? So I love the outdoors. I love hiking. I have children. We uh, actually utilize in District 7. We actually have uh, uh, one of the largest nature centers in District 7 as well. We love it. Uh, I think we should Good protect it, center. right? Uh, so part of a city is, is as long as we can create a place that is a clean, safe city, people want to move here. We've done a great job. We're one of the largest cities. And we got to keep it that way. But part of keeping a clean and safe city is also having a place why families want to move there. That means school districts. That means green spaces, right? So absolutely, I'm going to do everything I can to protect that. Great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> a bit of an awkward dismount there at the end. Um, but same, I feel like it was the same as back home. Like, recognize the problem, tying it into yeah. the health of other parts of the city tying it into the city economy like if we've got green spaces then people will move here that means more money well this is one of those if you can't beat him join him he knew he couldn't make a better answer than back home so he just agreed with them yeah it's like yeah that that too that also money but good for economy too which Both for me yeah which is it's true like and that's the thing like i wish more people you know actually did this like the more green spaces you have the more pretty it is the more comfortable people are out living in their city like that is that does make the economy better because that does make people want to move there and it does it does improve the the you know mental health she brought up i forgot what what's her name from earlier like mentioned mental health kind of out of nowhere like that having green spaces in your city like contributes to that uh because people can exercise in it and also it just makes you feel better uh so good i'm glad we got two candidates on that let's see if macy can differentiate herself can it help well, Lake Worth is a it's a historical asset for the city of Fort Worth. The city has continued to grow, grow around the lake, and I think it's um, our responsibility to make sure that we protect it. Um, I've visited with several members of neighborhood associations um, in that area, and they're very concerned about the growth that we have moving into Fort Worth and losing the green space and losing the the value that we have around Lake Worth. All right. Well, that was a shorter answer, but she actually, I feel like, answered it better than the two of them, like actually saying, hey, the city is encroaching upon the lake, and if we don't protect the lake then we'll lose it which is not something that the other guys like acknowledged um yeah that's a good answer okay anything you want to add thomas i think we could probably go to the next one maybe or do you want to do one more? i see it well there's just one more do you want to hit one more question and then go to the next one or what do you want to do let's just go to the next one okay yeah, we are getting a little long in the tooth here. So, okay, let's uh, let's hit the last one. This is District. This is the big one. I'm glad we're doing this one. This is District 11. Uh, the the probably the most contentious race, because uh, this used to be District 9. A big portion of District 11 used to be District 9. So we're seeing gotcha. kind of a fighting over the new turf here. All for being here. Uh, as before, we'll have a. A minute for opening statements, and then we'll go into questions. Where are you at, uh, Mr. Avita? Sorry, my bad. Yeah, this is like South Fort Worth. Uh, one hour, 41 minutes, and 12 seconds. Herring is chugging a bottle of water. We're missing Johnson, but we got Avitia and Martinez and okay. Maldonado Wilson here. You get to start. It's predominantly, this is the district I used to live in. It's predominantly Latino, like south side of Fort Worth. 
uh, district. Hello, in South Central, I would say. I think you're on. Hello and good evening, everybody. My name is Ricardo Vica. Everybody hear that? Just, no. no. Okay, the mic. Oh, yeah, this is one is also gerrymandered. So this is also part, a little bit of Eastside Fort Worth as well. They kind of cut it around. Yeah. Uh, technical Can you hear this? Okay, I'm going to fast forward a little bit through the technical difficulties. Those are always yeah. the funnest. All right. Uh, 14146. And I'm part of the fourth. Ah, sorry. Okay. Uh, Good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Ricardo Lavitia. I'm a first-generation American. I'm a son of migrant parents. I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran, and I'm a part of the 4th ISD. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that we need working-class representation on city council. Uh, we need a different perspective, uh, looking down at uh, the discussions and decisions being made um, on our everyday's uh, lives. We. I'm the only candidate on this particular uh, district that has construction management experience. Um, therefore, I bring that perspective uh, to city council with the bidding process, uh, the project management process, and everything in between as well as value engineering. Uh, therefore, I strongly urge you uh, to research yourselves, um, the candidates out here, and uh, vote for Ricardo Avitia come May 6th. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, next, candidate Herring. Thank you. Yes, my name is Rick Herring, and I. Okay, I guess let's talk about uh, Ricardo. I guess I've been saying his name wrong, Abitia. Um, he again to remind us, he's the guy who founded Hempel No Se Vende, uh, activist group that uh, me personally not crazy about when I lived over there. I thought it was cool at first, and then quickly discovered like they're more of a conservationist group in regards to like not improving and not changing the neighborhood and getting really butthurt about any progress happening in the neighborhood. Wasn't a fan of that. What did you uh, think of his answer, Thomas, or his, his, his intro? Oh God. Um, I kind of spaced out with that, but uh, <laughs> it, it was just a lot of word salad, man. Like all these politicians have a lot of word salad in their in their intros, man. Yeah, like kind of how we were talking about what, what, what I'm so bad at names. The guy we just spoke on the last panel, back home or Stockholm, um, he how yeah. he seemed like a nice guy or like a regular person. Uh, mm -hmm. I seems a little nervous to me. So that's always you know it's always you know I feel you if you're nervous. I always yeah. empathize with that. Um, but also like, yeah, just kind of saying his script that he memorized to say, not really coming across as like a, you know, just like a regular person. See, back home had word salad, but there's a reason for it. Right. And he communicated it well. So it didn't make me feel like it was word salad. Avitia made me feel like, was that how you say his name? Av I guess the accents on the V, Avitia. Avitia. That's how he said it anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, he seemed nervous. So it, you don't get the benefits of him being coming off as, you know, particularly articulate. So it just seems like even more words out. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought it was interesting. He was focused on his construction experience at first. I was kind of like, what does that do with anything? But I mean, I guess if you're talking real estate developments, if you're talking with the city making agreements with real, with construction companies to do things like, yeah, I guess that perspective is is valuable somewhat in that in that instance but that's not the whole job of being you know city council district 
11 representative. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I don't know. Okay, uh, we'll keep it going. We got three, maybe four more. I am running for city council, District 11. This I'm a native. Rick, Rick Herring. Native of Fort Worth. I was born and raised in the Riverside community where I. Uh, I'm going to take it back real quick because we, we forgot to do this. So, Avatia is wearing a dark, a brownish or purple brown, like blazer or coat. Almost burgundy blazer, yeah. Yeah. And then he's got like a plaid shirt underneath with a black fedora and glasses. It's like a. Like a red plaid shirt. Yeah. yeah. Middle aged uh, Hispanic man, Latino. I had a student tell me they. They did not like the term Hispanic and they took offense to it. And I thought that was very interesting as someone who grew up as that, as that term as the norm. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm not, now I'm like, should I just not say that anymore? Uh, what do they prefer to be called? Uh, Latino, you know, or Latina. Uh, I, uh, you know, Latin X is the new one, but that's like more of an academic term, more of like, yeah. in, you know, in the, in the nonprofit sphere, like high school kids don't particularly identify with that. Uh, at least not yet or anything. I don't know. I got I got qualms with that term, but that's another topic for another episode. <laughs> uh, Rick Herring uh, looks kind of like what's the name of the guy? I feel like there's uh, from Parks and Rec, who's like everybody's always shitting on. Um, oh God! You know who uh, I'm talking about, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, I that guy, which you know, whatever. Like, uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, because I gave terrible uh, description there. Uh, uh, you know, heavy set white man, older dude with white hair, uh, with, with a suit, suit and uh, like a you know a, a dress shirt, white dress shirt underneath. Looks kind of like a politician. Um, jo there's an empty seat in the middle that says Johnson, uh, and then to the right of that we have Martinez, who is a I, w I remember being excited about her when we were talking about her. We got her and uh, Tara Maldonado Wilson, who also, like, you know her too, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah. like, we were excited about her. So I'm really interested to hear the two of them speak. But we'll get to Herring here real quick. Thank you. Yes, my name is Rick Herring, and I am running for city council, District 11. I'm a native of Fort Worth. I was born and raised in the Riverside community where I still live. I went through Fort Worth Public Schools. I was raised in a... a family with a single mom and we were a working class family. After I went through schools, I put myself through Texas Wesleyan, the first uh, college graduate in my family. Nice. And later after I was out of college in my mid twenties, I began being active in my local neighborhood association, which was the Oakhurst Neighborhood Association. Nice. I saw some things in my community I didn't like, so I wanted to work on them and work with like-minded people. And, uh, Years after that, I moved a few blocks away to the Carter Riverside neighborhood, where I now reside, and I'm the, currently the president of our neighborhood association there. Nice. So, okay, so he, that's on the east side, actually. So that's, that must be the sliver of, of District 11 that's over there on the east side. Oakhurst is kind of northeast mm -hmm. uh, area. Those are nice. So, okay, so he's actually involved in the community volunteer or community you know, organizations. That's good. That's a, that's always a plus. But through all those years, the past 30 plus years, I've had an opportunity to serve on zoning commission, plan commission, other Fort Worth uh, committees and commissions and have a broad and vast background in city issues, which make me uh, feel like I'm the best candidate to serve in this role. I'm looking forward to serving the dis uh, residents of new district 11. So here's like the one, what do you, you go, you go first Thomas. He's really good about being 
relatable to some of your older voters in the districts. Mm. I think a lot of people are going to see him as more of a friend than a candidate. And I think that's going to make him more memorable and that's going to help him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, seems like a nice dude. Did speak to the audience like a regular person, kind of like we were talking about earlier, as a, you know, as opposed to a, a Vipia, um, who's maybe you know, nervous, granted. Um, but right. my concern is District 11 is predominantly brown and black. It's a Latino, predominantly mm -hmm. Latino, but also African-American. Carter Riverside is an African-American kind of like area. It's right, right on that border between like the white, wider northern part near uh, uh, near Haltom City and stuff. And then like the the, the black east side uh, and Herring's white. And so that not not that that's the end all be all. We always talk about how race isn't the most important thing. But I think, you know, representation is important, too. And I think you have I don't know. Yes, he's been there forever. Yes, he does sound like he knows what he's doing and knows what he's talking about. It means well, does seem like a nice dude, all those things. Um, but also, it's just like, I don't know, kind of a bad look. And, and, and optics aren't everything, but like it does mean something to have, you know, the person speaking for the district not really be fully representative of the district. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, it races and everything, he could be the best candidate for the job. He does have the, maybe the most experience. Uh, he does have networking is important. The connections between the community organizations and the city and how they interact, like knowing how that works is important. Having people right. in parts of that network in places in the city, around the city to do all that stuff, to coordinate all those things is important. He has those connections. So, I mean, all, all that's good, but I don't know. There's just something that leaves it kind of a bad taste in my mouth when like it's the one white guy. We've got three Latinos, Latin, two, two Latinas and a Latino here on the count on the panel i don't know i don't remember what, mm -hmm. who, who johnson is um but yeah so i don't know do you think i'm being a little over like focusing on that a little too much or what do you think no i think you're on the right track there okay so i don't know that's yeah so i guess things that we, we're concerned about okay keep it going thank you and candidate martinez your opening statements <laughs> that's like the most applause anybody has gotten this entire time that like tepid that sounded like 10 people clapping or something okay by the way i just want to say like go like less than a golf clap yeah i was like yeah yeah less than not even uh this video has 417 views that's it we've Too got better for worth we've got yeah we've almost got a million people here in our city we got an election coming up here in just a matter of weeks and like 400 you know and to be like Fort Worth Report, we use them all the time on here. And again, go subscribe to them, go donate money to them. We need a we need an independent media organization mm -hmm. functioning. Um, this wasn't even I didn't find this on their website. I had to go to YouTube to find this. Like this isn't even made readily available by them. Uh, I was surprised that it was their YouTube channel that it was on. I was like, wow. Uh, I figured it would be on the city channel or something. So I don't know. For no one's watching this. No one was there for this either. But we didn't, you know, I don't know when this was, two weeks ago, whatever. Okay, we'll get to the last two candidates and we'll we'll, we'll get out of here. Good evening, my name is Jeanette Martinez. I am a Fort Worth native, I am a mom, I am a wife. I have both lived and worked in both South and East Fort Worth. I'm sorry, can y'all hear me okay? Mm -hmm. um, I am a product of the Fort Worth ISD. I pursued my higher education at first at TCC, later transferring to Texas Wesleyan. I most recently earned my master's in public administration. I've been a part of local government for over 10 years. I have 
have had the privilege of serving under the leadership of Commissioner Roy Charles Brooks, Tarrant County Precinct 1. Mm -hmm. I have served on several city, county, and nonprofit boards. I've served on the Fort Worth City uh, Community Action Partners Advisory Council, where we work with families to provide them resources and services that they need to become self-sufficient. I'm the vice chair of the Girl Scouts of the Texas Oklahoma Plains. Wow. I am also on the board of Family Pathfinders, who works with families and the reentry population to get them financial literacy and mentoring so that they be can become self-sufficient. I am experienced, I am educated, and I am the best candidate for this position. Dude. <laughs> that was a good intro, and she has a lot of substance, and, you know, she's actually got a degree relevant to government. Augur, this needs to be between her and Tara, honestly. Yeah, I'm so glad that we have two good candidates in this race. Like, very rarely do we have two people that were like, oh, man, like, either one of these could be a good candidate. It's always, like, one person versus, like, three Republicans or something. Um. Yeah, that was great. That was a great answer. I one of my students is actually volunteering for her, uh, and I. She, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I, I she represents that part of town, like for hundred percent. She looks like she's from that part of the town. She's young. Uh, she, but she, like she said, she's educated. She's experienced. Uh, yeah, totally. I yeah. If I was still living there, I probably maybe would vote for her. But maybe Tara. Let's listen to Tara too. But yeah, that was that was great. All right. Thank you. And, and candidate Maldonado-Wilson, your opening statement? Yes. Hi, I'm Tara Maldonado-Wilson. I'm an ER trauma nurse, a mother of three, and a queer Latina. Um, I'm running for city council because when I went down to City Hall in 2019, after the death of a Tatiana Jefferson, I was locked out of City Hall. Just let that sink in for a minute. I know that residents in east, the east side and south side of District 11 feel forgotten and left out of decision-making. I'm running to bring investment to our communities, whether that's to give us vibrant neighborhoods that are walkable, to, give, to roads or bring good living wage payable jobs to the east and south side. I'm running to give you inclusive leadership. That means centering your voices at the, at the center of decision-making and the most impactful decisions that would impact your streets and neighborhoods. And I'm running to bring community care, to bring vital resources and to fill the gaps where our families and, and, and our neighborhoods are direly missing. Thank you. Uh, we'll go right into questions. So that was great, too. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's definitely, I mean, I, I would, be, I would ha be happy to see either of them sitting on the city council. I think that would be a great improvement to our council. Uh, definitely. So I was going to say Elizabeth Beck, but she's nine. So she, she's not... So that's so weird. That's so weird. I'm not used to these districts. Yeah. Um, so this is really interesting. This is an interesting opportunity for new representation for these for this district for a while. Uh, and it sounds like we got three really good candidates with Herring, because I would say he's still a good candidate, even though he's not my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, Martinez and Maldonado, and then Avitia, uh, kind of the 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 weaker ones just also coming in and experienced like in regards to like, he's been doing this community activism stuff, but as regards to like actually working, uh, in this capacity, maybe not so much. Okay. Let's, I guess we'll get to, we get everybody else answer a question. So we'll get to their question and then, and then we'll finish. Uh, this yeah. first question comes from Carol Peters with the West Meadowbrook neighborhood association. And that is 
She is concerned about predatory investors in residential areas. How will you ensure neighborhoods in District, elect in District 11 are protected from those investors? All right, candidate Avi. So this is what we've seen around the whole country, but also all over the city uh, with the houses going for sale. Someone, you know, it's, it's companies buying houses. I forgot the percentage, but it was like 40%, I think. Of all the homes, of the new houses. yeah, of all the new were bought by corporations, and so that's what that's what this question is in regards to. So that's a that's a definitely a pressing issue for for the district and for the city. So let's see. Yep. Media, so get to start. Here we go. Get in the mic. Sorry. <laughs> Excellent question. Thank you. Uh, we do know that the, in Tarrant County, fifty percent of properties purchased in twenty twenty two were purchased by investors and developers. Fifty percent. So it's even higher than I thought. Okay. Uh, so, and the uh, subdivisions that are currently being approved and built outside of the loop are also for rent subdivisions. Uh, so there is definitely an uh, issue with that, especially as we have a growing population in Fort Worth. I am one of the... Hold on, I'm going to cut them off. Outside the loop is not District 11. So that's a little... Talking about a little outside of his uh, jurisdiction, I suppose. I mean, I guess you could speak for the whole city if you're on the council which is fair. But when you're running, you want to kind of speak to your constituents, typically. Founders of Hempio No Se Vende, and we actually just received notice today of the city of Fort Worth, well, actually the developer rescinding their application for a zoning case, ZC22-218, on Hempio and Morningside, because we do not appreciate the disrespect that comes to our community when they are trying to develop and invest. We have to understand that we as property owners are also investors and developers, and we are very worthy and capable and willing to uh, develop our neighborhood. Thank you all very much. All right. Thank you. What, what do you think? Uh, he connected with the audience. I don't know if he actually answered the question, but he connected with the audience. Yeah, so. he's getting worked up a little bit. I, to him. Yeah, I guess the applause yeah. there was actually a little bigger than what I said earlier. Um, what I, I maybe I misunderstood him. Uh, I have to go back again and listen. But like, I for what I heard from that is that he was saying, "No, we don't need to stop the develop the the the, the buying up of these homes because." there are people in the neighborhood who own businesses that are buying up these homes and they need to, they need to have the, the ability to do that as well. Um, He's saying they should and not the big corporations. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then if that's what he's saying, then I, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll keep it going. Thank you. Candidate Herring, just to restate the question briefly, uh, how will you ensure district 11 neighborhoods are protected from predatory investors? Well, thank you. This is a very uh, germane issue for District 11 because it's a district made up of working class and middle class neighborhoods. And I believe the best way to protect those neighborhoods from predatory investors and other activity is to strengthen those neighborhoods, protect them, help them to grow, help them to develop the way they want to and create strong neighborhoods. I'm a firm advocate of the neighborhood association uh, concept. And I want to work to strengthen our neighborhood associations in, throughout District 11. But along with that, uh, predatory investors may come in all different forms. And it could be in the form of short-term rentals, which we don't know till they're there. It could be in other ways. 
but I believe in strengthening neighborhoods is the best way to prevent this type of activity. So I guess strengthening neighborhoods sounds vague to me, but I guess he's describing like organizing the neighborhood, like through a community, through a neighborhood association, I guess. Yeah. Is that okay? I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's like, I feel like that's like a, not a satisfying answer. Like maybe that's a realistic answer or something. I don't know. I, Let's see what let's see what else there is to be said by these right. two by these two. Uh, thank you. And candidate Martinez, you need me to repeat the question or are you ready to go? I think I'm ready. Okay. So protecting the integrity of our neighborhoods is going to be uh, one of the top priorities while I'm in office. I believe that communication is key, bringing in all the stakeholders, the neighborhoods, the neighborhood associations, those individuals that are leaders in the community that may not be part of the neighborhood associations, maybe religious organizations, um, and just working with them to be vigilant of any type of predatory uh, development that may be out there. That could be pawn shops, that could be game rooms. We don't want District 11 to be the dumping ground of these undesirable developments. So staying vigilant, working with the people, communicating, and just being, um, being there, being there for them and fighting for them every day. All right, candidate Maldonado Wilson. Okay. Pawn shops was an interesting shot, I guess. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, man? I think she did a better job than Ulrich did, but I don't know how much of that's going to translate to the people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, she definitely like explained it better than he did in regards to like what what needs to be done. But yeah, I don't know. I like, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe this is just an issue. This is kind of like not a not an attractive issue, or whatever. Okay, not a, not a bad answer. And we'll we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, what what I hear from that question is is asking about how a lot of homeowners on on the east and south side get cold called about trying to buy their homes from them, or or they target them thinking that maybe they have a struggling. Uh, uh, tax bill or, or may, maybe they're behind on something like that. So I think that it's important that we're educating people and, and letting them know about community block grants and other resources that they have for it, it's so that they can stay in their home so that they're not becoming a target of these predatory home buyers or corporate entities that are trying to come in and, and get these, these homes at, you know, bottom dollar and flip them for whether it be short-term rental or, or whatever you say. We have a lot of retirees in District 11. We have a lot of up-and-coming young families. We have a lot of our dist our average age is 32, and like right now home ownership is shut out, shut out to to them. So helping them also understand how to get into some homes that could be uh, targets of predatory, but maybe give, making them first-time home buyers and connecting them to those to those types of education and uh, and services. All right, our, our... yeah, that was the best applause for the whole thing. It was a great way to close yeah. it out. And that was a great answer. That's by far the best answer, I think. That was the best one. Awesome. Well, Thomas, I'm glad we got to glad we got to do this. Kind of see some of these people face to face. You know, kind of listen to what they got to say. Obviously, it's not everybody, um, but it's 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 kind of the, the bigger districts out there. Uh, anything you got to say to kind of close this out for today? Uh, yeah, go out and vote. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Be cool. Do the thing. Yeah. You're not cool if you don't vote. Yep. 
that's pretty much how it goes. And so, Fort Worth boat, go out there, boat, judge for yourselves. Again, you got the spreadsheet down below. Check, click on the spreadsheet. Look at the districts. We've also got Fort Worth ISD people running. We've got the Tarrant County Water District running. Uh, do your own research right, but we're trying to bring you as much resources as you can. So please enjoy those. Uh, Pass registration. I was going to say you can register, but you can't register your pass registration. But early voting starts April 24th to May 2nd, and the election coming up very soon is on May 6th. So you can, uh, yeah, you can, you can participate in our democracy and, and try to make Fort Worth better. So do that. Uh, keep being awesome. Thanks for listening to us. Have fun. We love you. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yay! Bye! Bye.